It's about that time. Quality time. Turn it up. This is the Quality Control Podcast. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are now tuning in to the Quality Control Podcast, where we have quality conversations that yield quality results, and we do it with quality people. Uh, I am your co-host, Super Rio Grande, and my co-host, Justin Miller. Say hello, Justin. Yes, sir. What's up, good people? What's going on? So we have a very special guest today, as always. Our guests are always special. We got Mr. James Roberts, Jr. We want to get him on and actually get his input on some things. We got a subject we want to talk about, but uh, James, I want you to introduce yourself, sir. Tell the people about you, what you want them to know about you and, you know, kind of your background so we can get forward. Uh, yeah, my name is James Roberts. I am um, CEO and trainer at uh, Roberts Transportation and Logistics Academy yeah. where we train in um, CDL drivers, dispatchers, and brokers. We also broker loads. Uh, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm just all. Over. I'm just. I'm just a man trying to make it happen, man. I'm. I'm nothing big, but I am big in my household. <laughs> it's just. It is what it is. I've been uh, in the transportation industry for going on over 20 years, everywhere from shipping and receiving. Uh, I ran every lane, and so, man, that's that's just who I am, man. I'm a hardworking man. I got old school values. Uh, I learned and got my tools from old school. So I don't know. I don't know nothing else to do but to work hard. I heard that, man. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And uh, our topic today, we're going to discuss about men taking their place as head of household. We call this episode Jockeying for Position. Man, this topic right here is almost like a never-ending war. And I'm not going to say never-ending because I don't believe it was always been this way, especially in the black community. I think some things kind of evolved late 80s, early 90s. And you kind of see the snowball effect as you have the generations that come after the, you know, initial happening go through what, you know, we're about to talk about. So, you know, we want to just kind of talk about, you know, how men need to take their place as head of household, you know. So so when we talk about head of household, James, from you, man, you know, what are the qualifications as head of household? If you want to be a man that's taking the head of household, it's almost like applying for a job. It really is a job. It's a career. You know, it's, you know, it's a calling. So with that being said, what would you say are the qualifications of being here at the household from your standpoint? Let me put the disclaimer out there first and foremost. <laughs> I'm going to speak in generality, uh, not, not straight on fact. And, and for me, and for me, uh, every, every household has a different qualification, right? For me, the first qualification you need to be, you got to be a man of God, spiritual. You got to be able to lead your household in a spiritual way. And when I say in a spiritual way, I mean you need to know how to pray over your family. You need to know how to cover your kids. You know how to need, you need to know how to cover your wife. You know how to, you need to know how to plead the blood of Jesus on the front door of your steps so nothing, no harm or, or, or danger can come to your family. So that's the first thing for me. And then we, and when when you get that together. Then, you know, your social status, your your career, your 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 other your uh, third your third party family, which is your mother, your sisters, and your brothers, uh, all of that stuff will fall into place. Uh, and you just got to kind of prioritize. As a single man, you got to prioritize. And once you start doing that, my thing is, once you get yourself in line with God, everything gets to fall in place. Write the plan out, and he'll help you. He'll help you uh, uh, succeed at it. 
I believe that. I believe that. Uh, Justin, chime in on that, man. What do you think of the qualifications ahead of household? Yeah, I think I think he hit it. He hit it wrong in the head. I think it's you know the last thing he said. Just to expound on that, I think you know it's about uh, what we talk about so often: planning and executing. Um, I think you know a lot of times it's uh, it's very uh, sexy or very modern to look at. <clears throat> you know, I want to be married. I want to have a family. I want to be looked at as that guy. But whom much is given, much is required, and it's a lot of responsibility that you take on. Uh, as being a man and being head of household because you are the the first line of defense you are uh you are out front so um if you're not willing or you're not ready to take that responsibility on I'm not talking about just being you know just social media posts stuff like that but what he said that's the meat of it if you're not ready to be the person that prays the person that leads the person that uh is charged with uh making the right decision or even wrong decision then you know that's something that you need to take into consideration because if you're not ready, willing to do that and willing to take the risk, then I don't think you're qualified at the time to be uh, looked at as the head of the household, so to speak. Right. And uh, me just chiming in on the back end of that, uh, I think where a lot of things come into play, especially in today's society, people always want to put a dollar amount on the head of household title. You know, um, it's all about, hey, who makes the most money? And essentially, you know, that's not the case. You know, I know several marriage dynamics where wives make more than their husbands, but at the same time, that, you know, particular wife yields that authority to that husband. Ultimately, because here's the thing, you know, it's almost like working in corporate. Everybody wants the title, but they, you know, people suddenly want the things that come with it. You know, everybody wants to be CEO. Everybody wants to be boss. Everybody wants to be this, that, and the third. But think about it. Even if you have a small company and you have 150 people that work under you, that's 150 households that you are responsible for. Any strategic business decisions you make can make or break you. And you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting the people that you're actually leading. So when it comes to that head mm -hmm. of household dynamic, you know, both of y'all said it perfectly. You know, you got to be, you know, a man of God. You got to know how to pray over your children. You got to know how to protect your children, provide, you know. Also, you got to make strategic decisions, you know. And also, too, you got to be willing to do what's uncomfortable for their comfort. You know, a lot of times, you know, James, you've been in the transportation uh, industry. You know, a lot of times you had to hit the road just to make sure they were straight. You know what I'm saying? Correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, uh, my wife knows all the time if, if push come to shove and the bottom foul line of everything and, We've exhausted all our efforts and there's nothing we could do. Man, I'll go working two or three jobs. She cool. She understand that she, you know, we if we got to go back to the apartment, she'll do that, you know. So, and go ahead, James. Chime in. Now, just to, just to your point, what you just said, I told my wife when we first got married, right? I told my wife, I said, let me tell you something. There's one thing you need to know about me. I'll drive around in a hoop and let you drive a good car. See what I'm saying? That's that's what a man does, and that's how a man leads, and that's just that's just where I am. And I just want to piggyback off of what you just said. No, I appreciate that because that's actually a great example. Simply because it's not about your wife styling and profiling in that good car. It's to make sure she gets to where she's going to very safely. Because at the end of the day, men we can patch a hoop up. We can patch it up. You know, old school, if you ran out of water, you know, you kept some water in the jug and you ran it, you know, until it started boiling and you did what you got to do. Don't nobody wife need to be doing it. 
You understand what I'm saying? You need to do everything for her safety. You get what I'm saying? So, a real quick point too. Uh, something you said, you know, about the, the about the money thing. What's crazy? I think we may get to this, but what's what what a real leader is? It's not necessarily like you said about the money or the title of being CEO, this and that, whatever. But about taking on a leadership role, knowing how to. I would say knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, because if you weak in the area of finance, you know you can't be too prideful to let your woman. You know she's better at it than you. Let her let her uh be over there. And if you if you better at it, then you know you take that role. But you got to know what you're good and what you're weak at too. I think that that goes to the journey of self discovery, uh, and and looking within yourself and knowing uh who you are and what you're good at and what you're not good at and being real with yourself. So I, I, I like that point that you made too right there, Mario. Absolutely. And think about uh most of your your um, leaders in these companies, they don't know everything. You know, they employ people as consultants, they employ people as advisors to give them the information they need in order to make an informed decision. Ultimately mm -hmm. when you're the leader, the head of the household, that decision is up to you, but you need all the information you need. And speaking on the right. line of finances, if I'm better in finances and my wife makes $300,000 a year, we just need to employ the decision making of me or vice versa. Whoever makes the best decision with the finances, you know, um, it, it still is a team effort right. at the same time. All feelings aside, somebody got to make those tough decisions. That's why it has to be ahead, you know. So, you mm -hmm. know, uh, you got anything else you want to chime in on that, James? Oh, man, y'all hitting it right on the head, man, when it comes down to just uh, – Balancing out the household, man. Every, everything has to be in alignment and in balance. But in order for a woman to yield to yield the head to you, you know, you gotta know how to you gotta know how to pray, man. You gotta know how to lead spiritually. That's the first thing. First, let me let me say this here. And like I said, I was speaking in gen generality because I'm not gonna take it that every woman want a man of God. <laughs> they say they do. They say they do, but when they get him, when they get him, do they know how to treat him when they get him? This is true. <laughs> this is true. So, but we speaking on men, we helping men get to that level, and so that's the that that, that that's what I stress in uh my men circle that we have at church and that we develop. That's what we stress, and that's what we first started teaching to any man that walk in that circle. I don't know. I'll, Praise God if you already know how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, we're going to help you because when men pray over men, that's iron sharpening iron. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing about this episode, we want to deal specifically with men. Of course, women are going to be you know, in the conversation, but we don't want to be to the point to where it's an argument, uh, bringing stuff to the table. No, no, this ain't what this episode is about. This episode is addressing the issues that we're dealing with as men and how we need to step up. Cause where the men go, society follows. It's that simple. You know, uh, I, I always, I'll make this reference that I made it in the past nightclubs. Women ain't showing up to the nightclub with a, a bunch of whole bunch of women. They showing up to the nightclub with the dudes, the VIP section, the ballers and all this stuff like this. So at the end of the hey. day, we focus on men. Go ahead. Hey, you need, you need to write that down. What you just said. Yo, that's another episode. What's that? That Get last part. Uh, that part when you said uh, when men, we, we lead the uh, society. Absolutely. Hey, that's a whole nother episode because as we can see that they're trying to shift it. They're trying to shift it. 
And so that's a whole nother can of worms. That's why I say that's a whole nother episode. We'll be here three hours talking about that. Man, and actually we're going to get into that because of the outline we have. It's going to talk about kind of where the shift happens because we got to deal with it. We got to deal with it. That's what's one thing about quality control. We got to deal with it. We got to hit that problem in the mouth. We probably had to take some punches, but at the same time, we're going to get to where we need to get to. So now when we talk about, you know, head of household, when would you say, James, and also you, Justin, when would you say men fell off? And I'm talking about black men because I'm going to be honest with you, and I could be biased. I don't see it prevalent in any other society than our society as far as the dynamic and the struggle between head of household. So when when would you say that men kind of, you know, uh, fell off? You know, uh, Justin, you go ahead and start. Go ahead. I would say, um, I mean, this is my personal opinion. Very, you know, like I said, I, I'm going to have to steal what James saying, very general. But um, I'll say, you know, as far as our community and our, our, our society and things like that, we got to look at what we uh, put on a pedestal, so to speak, as far as men. Um, I think, you know, uh, especially speaking for my generation, uh, things like that, is that when you, when you look at it, most of the guys that are glorified are looked at as masculine, looked at as that's the guy I want or more your your street guys, I would I would say. You know, the fast money, not really not something that you want to as a society put on a pedestal, so to speak. Um, so a lot of our guys, when you hear James say something like, you know, you need somebody that's gonna pray over you, like he said, you probably got some women out there like, I don't, I don't want that. You know, I want the dude coming up. You know, that may not be, he looked apart, but he's not really carrying the part. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't think, you know, when we look at it as a whole scope, it's not as many guys. Um, and this, I can say it in, in Mississippi. I can speak from Mississippi because I, I can't look look at the whole world. But as far as that goes, it's not a lot of guys that say, you know what, I'm going to go out and work that nine to five. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat the bottom so I can learn my way up to the top. Or I'm going to be the entrepreneur. Or I'm going to be... Uh, the 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 guy that's willing to willing to learn and go to the path that's less traveled in order to to be a, the best version of my family that I can be, and that goes back to protection. Because if you out doing anything, you know you selling drugs, whatever, you're not really protecting your family because at any time it can go left, and now you're not there, and that's a hole, it's a gap there. It just goes to what we what we put on the pedestal as a community. Uh, we don't really put a lot of our engineers, our doctors. Our, our guys like y'all, you know, that they, they got the trucking businesses, even the guys out there that that um are doing their own thing. We don't put a lot of those guys on the forefront. What we put on the forefront, it, it's not it's not a great image. So I think, and even you know, a lot of guys that grow up in single parent homes. I do. I grew up with a single mom. We all know what moms do. What they gonna protect you? It don't matter what you do. You can't do no wrong in their eyes. So nobody holds you accountable. So you grow up with no accountability, and you you know what I'm saying. You therefore you had to make your own choice, your decision. Hey, let me let me chime in right there. What you just said about single moms, right? And let me tell you, sometimes when when a woman finds that man, and because I don't, I, I can't speak. I know you just said you were raised by a single mother. I don't know about you, Mar. You are too. So we all were raised by single mothers. So on that point, guess what? When we marry women, and they come into our lives, they fall in love with that part of us. And what I mean by that that part of us, because I was raised in the household where my mom told us we had chores. We, I had to wash dishes just like my sister. I had to make my bed up like my sister. I had to mop floors. I had to vacuum. I had to cook. 
because we were, in, in a way, we were turnkey kids. My my mom white worked all day, and so when we got when we got home from school, she was already gone to work. So we had to cook for ourselves. We had to do our chores. And so as men, when you grow up like that, we grow up and you're able to be self-sufficient in a, in a point where I don't need a woman to come in here and do iron my drawers, uh, or wash my clothes. That's a bonus. But guess what? That's one, that's one thing where we balance out the household. You know what I'm saying? And and women and women, some women, not all, some women take that as a plus, and then some women take that as a come up. Oh, I got a man. I got a man who can cook. I got a man who can clean. See, you don't realize you you don't realize that that's something you bring to the table. E- even if she makes more money than you, guess what? When you come home, you can drop that hat and you can get under me because guess what? I didn't cook. I didn't clean. I didn't wash the kids' clothes. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And and that's not being that's not being a simp. That's just who you are. That's who you are as a man. That's what you decided that I'm gonna bring to my marriage when I get married. Ooh, hey, hey, that's a, hey, that's a, that's a, that's a gem right there. James brought out that word. He brought out that word, simp. A lot of guys today be a lot of guys. Y'all y'all don't be want to treat your woman right. Cause y'all be think, oh, I'm a simp. But it's a, that's a fine line, right? There. That's an episode. Man, <laughs> let, let me put this out here because you said that, James. That's real strong. We can't let society validate our understanding as a couple, which means that if you y'all have a dynamic that y'all operating under and it works for y'all, it's not designed to work for anybody else. It's designed to work for you two. So with that being said, you can't let society categorize how you treating each other. Because what will happen is, is that you'll gauge yourself based on what you think things are supposed to be based on, you know, the glam and glitz of Instagram and social media and things like that. And that's where people start to fall. But um, just to kind of get the train back on the tracks, uh, I'm 35 years old. Just how old are you if you care to share? You're 32. James, how old are you if you care to share? I just turned 50. All right, you just turned 50. So you got 50, 32, 35. We are three men that have been that grew up in single parent households, raised by our mothers. All right. So when we talk about when the bad men uh, start to fall off, man, okay, fifty and uh twenty two is what? Let's do the math. Fifty and twenty two what? Seventy uh seventy two. Yeah. All right. So nineteen seventy two, I think it got real big in the eighties. I really think that's when the snowball started. To mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, you got more single parent households. Go ahead, Jane. I know what you finna say. I know what you finna say. Go back to sixty five. So, okay, sixty five, seventy seventy two, and like I said, I'm not a hundred percent versed in everything that took place. I kind of have theories and speculations based on research I've done, but around this time, that's when you have more single parent households. When you branch off into, you know. You know, you can say late 60s. We talking 70s with James. We talking 80s with us. And, you know, between that time, you can have two or three solid generations. And when that's all you see, you know, especially from a female standpoint, it's almost like they have to prepare for that. In the black society, they have to prepare for that. And honestly, they are somewhat got to be schooled and taught on that. 
you know, from a young age that, hey, you know, you need to, you know, fend for yourself. These guys ain't talking about this, that, and the third. You know, mm -hmm. this is how you do all these things. And that's where I feel the whole, you know, the independent energy came about. I'm not falling independence and I'm not calling independence a curse because some people on social media platforms do. They call being independent, self-sufficient, being able to take care of yourself a curse. That's not a curse. I call it a side effect because guess what? We all human beings. If we can't depend on somebody else to give us what we need, our natural instinct is survival. That's what we got to evolve. That's called evolution. And some things ever um, evolve for the good. Some things evolve for, you know, different reasons. So with that being said, I really feel from that timeline standpoint, those single parent homes start to be more common. And honestly, it's the norm in the black community and I can't stand it. That's one reason I want my marriage to stand as strong as possible. I don't care what nobody else got to say about our dynamic. I have to end it with me. Um, you talk about me, single parent household. Uh, obviously, my sister, she got two kids. She is single parent. Then guess what? It's I see three generations of it right now without even going outside of my you know immediate family, and it's it's a curse. It's a curse, and you see the side effects of it daily. So, um, James, you had a point. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I was saying you can drop it back to 1965 when I think I'm not going to say it, it probably begun before that, but I'm gonna, I could take it back to 65 as far as reading is the downfall begin when they begin telling the women, if you want assistance, then you can't have a man in the house. Yep. So they, they started dividing us then. And that's what, to me, that's where the downfall started happening. And men started kind of, black men started kind of venturing off and kind of doing several things at one time and not focusing in on their responsibility. That's where the downfall for me started, as I see it. Absolutely. And then when you move further, you know, you talk about, you know, uh, a lot of the uh, factory jobs started to, move, started to move away. And when people, all they knew was factory yeah. jobs, they moved away. You know, then you run into the crack epidemic. You know, people start right, selling drugs, right. start getting all that time, and they start being separated. I mean, I can raise my hand and tell you, my dad went to jail for selling drugs. That's what it was. Now, and my dad, I, know, my, I think my dad went to jail for stealing some chicken. He was a I delivery mean, man. He stole some chicken. Hey, hey, we we understand. You know, and then we even talk about. <laughs> Harsher punishment for for lesser crimes and that they're keeping us away from families. But uh, I'm not gonna say my dad didn't go to uh, jail for selling drugs and he would have been in my life more. But at the right, same time, right. I know he did. But uh, when we go back on the timeline, that's we we can see that you know uh, late sixties, seventies, eighties, and you got three, four generations of that would have made that a norm in our community, which is honestly is is sickening, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say yeah. If you if you keep moving down the timeline, uh, once the '90s happened, uh, the late night infomercial started happening, as far as uh trying to get women back in school, and uh, so I mean that's where the independence movement started. So I mean it ain't it ain't bad, but you know I think we kind of lost our way, um, as far as you know, oh if you get this education, you make this money, you don't need a man, so don't even worry about it. So you know, we keep moving down the timeline. Hey. Right, absolutely. So, uh, and we are where we are today. So, uh, now moving forward, we want to talk about uh, what is the consequence of all this if it's not corrected. So, basically, reframing the question. To me, there's a war between black men and black women, and uh, and it's 
for household dominance. You know, I, I hate to call it what it is. It's for household dominance. The consequences of this, if it's not corrected, you know, we're already there. You know, we, we it's almost like we're in a fight for correction of generational curses. And I'm not saying, and, and let me put this out here. I'm not saying that it's a total curse for women to be the way they are as far as being independent based on the results of the decisions and, and things that have happened with black men. I'm not saying that. I won't put that out there. You know, I'm not a woman bashing. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm very confident in what I bring and what I do and who I am as a man that you guys are as well. We're not here to bash women. But at the same time, when we talk about raising men, you know, we know that, you know, women can only do so much to raise men. You know, it, it takes a man to show a man what he needs to do. You know, so what are some of the consequences of this if we don't correct this as far as the head of household dynamic? As far as correcting it, it just starts with self-discipline um, and holding each other accountable. Um, and that goes for men and women. Um, not not just sitting back lax about, you know, we talk about how casual, you know, and I had to say it, how casual things like sex are. Um, we can't just, you know, you got to know it's a consequence if something goes wrong or if, if something happens within that. So I think we just need to be more accountable as far as, you know, who we choose to deal with. Uh, men need to be more accountable as far as listening to other men. I think uh, in my personal life, I can say that though I didn't have my dad a whole lot as far as growing up, I was surrounded by other men who held me accountable. Um, and it and it's a whole, like you said, Mario, it's a whole different dynamic talking to a man than talking to a woman. And it's definitely different too when you get corrected by a man and getting corrected by a woman um, because you it, it's more of a sternness there. It's more of a Hey, you you messing up. You need to get it get it right. And uh, I think it just starts right now. We're in a process where you have to rebuild a foundation because it's been torn down. So now is where the rebuilding occurs. Now we, we we've kind of seen where it can go. And I think as a, as a community, we have to somehow. I don't really know what that look like, but we have to start rebuilding. You have to start getting more men who are serious, like you said, Mario, about marriage and not just. What this one does this and what women do this and then the women saying what well, men do this. Like we gotta meet at the table and, and make it make it happen. One thing I can say about your generation. My generation kinda started it, mm. but from thirty five to forty five generation, they're beginning to turn the time the uh the little needle or whatever. They're they're turning it back. They're slowly turning it back. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I can say I'm, I'm proud about about you guys' generation that, that's coming behind me. I think we kind of started it. My generation started trying to figure it out, right? And then we grab we grabs hold to those older generations, those young those men that are like 65 and 60. My generation grabbed hold of them to them. And we sucked them for whatever they had. And when I say sucked them, I mean, if you don't go back to church and you don't find your church that has a strong men uh, fellowship, then, then you're, 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 you're failing yourself. Mm -hmm. Because that's what men go to church for. You know, they wife drag them, of course. But when men 
decide to make their move on their own. They're making a conscious decision to change whatever narrative in their life that was already written. They're trying to change the narrative. And so what I found, I started trying to change the narrative, right? And so with the men group, we had like mm-hmm. 65, 70, 55, and that was 10 years ago. I was 40. Started, my pastor started the church from the ground up. I wanted to be a part. I had prayed to God. I said, man, let me be a part of a church that I can start from the ground up. I don't want one already established because I want to feel like I'm a part of something. So he started the church. When he started the church, the men rallied around him and said, hey, man, we got your back. And when we said we got your back, all of the men who were at the church, we began to pray together. We began to pour into one another. They began to pull their experience into me. And the reason I say that is because if you don't have men who are willing to pour into you, into a man who didn't have a man, then you're, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? We get all of these business consultants. We get all, take all of these business. We go in and listen to all these men who are helping us build our business. But what about the men that can help you build your personal life, your spiritual life, your emotional life? And so these older guys, they begin to pour into the circle. We begin to, we used to have something what we call real talk session. And so we just come in, those random questions in the hat. Nobody know who put them in there. Pull them out. I'm talking about everything from sex mm-hmm. to, to masturbation to uh, uh, to how, how do I deal with being an alcoholic? How do I deal with my wife being this and being that? Or how do I deal with my kids? Mm-hmm. And those older men have been through all of that. And they're still in these 40-year marriages, 25-year mm-hmm. marriages, 30-year marriages. And so what happens is, is that they begin to pour into their circle and that allows you to be a fiber with them. And then that, be- that allows you to put all of their experiences into your mental toolbox. And then you can compare and add all of their knowledge to help you get to that point where you want to be and beyond. And that's what we need. Man. We need to, we need to, we need to gravitate to these older guys who are in long-term commitment, committed relationships that have been there. That don't mean that they didn't have an issue. I want somebody with issues, right? So they, they can tell me how to deal with them. And so that's how, that's how mm-hmm. I think, that that's how I know I, I, I pivoted and turned and tried to break that curse of not having a man in my my, man, my dad had kids. I had no, no, I had no knowledge about. It. He found out about them when he passed away. You know what I mean? That's one of my fears too, man. That's one of my biggest fears. Uh, finding out about some some siblings I never knew I had. So I would say, you know what's so uh, what's so uh, golden about what you said is the key. It's about continue to build a bridge. Continue to bridge the gap between generations. And I think now uh, from some of the younger guys, you got to be one, be willing to get your cup poured into, but two, you got to be willing to, to listen and learn. I think um, a lot of our younger guys have gotten to the point where the respect level is gone. 
and it's not nothing that anybody did wrong. It's just not. It's just like I'm gonna do my own thing. Uh, I didn't have a man, or I didn't have to deal with listening to a dude. So therefore, you can't tell. But me you know nothing. what, Justin? So, you know what? Let me say this real quick. It's not just your yeah. generation; it's mine too. But the, those yeah. who wanted to change, who wanted that cup full, they got to feel. Mm-hmm. They got to feel. Right. You got to want to have it feel. Go ahead. I just want to put that in there. Oh no, that's, you good. That's 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 my thing. I was just like, you know, listening to it. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, I think any guy that's listening to this right now, that's what you got. Like, go out, man. People that have lived this life and been there, done that, man. Ain't nothing new under the sun. It ain't too much new. Maybe social media, whatever. Outside of that, life is life. And if you can go and get that wisdom from somebody else, somebody been there, done that, even people that made mistakes and stuff like that, man, you'll be so much better because. The greatest teacher of learning is not always hitting your own head. Sometimes you can simply avoid mistakes by asking somebody uh, that has done it or or made that mistake or even made that decision before. So I, I could totally agree with oh, you. Oh, yeah. A lot of gems dropped in that, you know. And uh, me, coming back to me, I think really what um, the biggest consequence of this, if it's not corrected, is our future generations because essentially – we have to somewhat get along in order to one reproduce, not even reproduce quality, but just reproduce in general. But two, you know, when we're talking about raising daughters that can become wives, raising sons that can become husbands, I cringe when I think about my two sons, one's five and one's two. What kind of women are they going to be able to be able to marry? And here's the thing. I'm not bashing women. What I'm saying is, is that, it's my responsibility to produce them to be upstanding men. That's why I have to, that'll be my breaking of the curse. Me being an upstanding man and two, producing upstanding men. That's that's the most I can do to help this situation. And at the same time, I know but me being an upstanding man helps produce upstanding women. Because at the end of the day, I think from a woman's standpoint, their vision of really the black man is, is, is tarnished based on what they've seen and experienced. And I can understand that totally. I get it. When you ain't, if you saw your daddy not provide for you, you think men ain't a provider. You saw your daddy have 10 or 12 children and not do nothing for him, you think your dad is a rolling stone. You know, if you see your daddy step out on your mama, you think all men gonna step out. I mean, it's just a snowball effect. And I just really feel that, you know, we have to put the brakes on this somehow by doing what you guys said, reaching out to, you know, generations that gone before us to bridge those gaps and have those uncomfortable conversations so we can get real and we can figure out what we need to do because we don't have to continue down the same path, you know. So it's just very important that, you know, we recognize the state that we in, you know, and y'all basically answered the, you know, the next outline as far as how we right our wrongs as men, you know, we get, with the men that have had those wrongs and can tell us, man, that's wrong. It ain't wrong just because I'm telling you it's wrong. It's not wrong because it's just in the Bible. I have lived that wrong and it's a dead end road. And what we got to do, like Justin said, you know, you know, we ain't got to buy these lessons. You know, we ain't got to, we ain't got to buy these lessons because these lessons get more and more expensive. You know, we talk about, Gas getting expensive. We talking about groceries getting expensive. <laughs> These lessons getting more expensive. You know, you I'm telling you, you gonna pay more for trying to buy a lesson than you are just listening to somebody who'd been down that road. So it is it's very man. it's very yeah. vital that when we get with somebody old school, man, we listen to what they got to say. Hit them with some real questions because guess what? 
They ain't got nobody to impress. They ain't got no lie to tell. They gonna give it to you 1,000. And when I tell you this, if you don't get nothing else from this podcast, you sit down with somebody 60, 70, 80 years old and they tell you how it is. Just everything, you know. Um, but how they used to do this, that, and the third, and how I had this, man, it'll it'll bless your life. It really will because you realize that they are going, they've been through the same thing that you're going through. The times have changed, technology has changed, but the, the foundation of what you're going through, life, they've already gone through it. So, uh, so let me ask this question. Uh, this is a real strong question. This is this is one that's gonna you know gonna go grab some people's attention. Is there a point of no return to regaining our sister's trust in us? And the reason I ask that is that everywhere you look, it's almost the I don't need a man culture. And the truth be told, they don't need a man. You know, and we're not trying to make you need a man. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like women are like, okay, I can make my own man. I can do what I need to, you know, I don't need to deal with the BS, you know? So my question is, you know, is there, is, are we at a point of no return when we, when it comes to regaining our uh, sisters trusting us? I don't think, I, I don't think we had a point of no return. We just had a point where we, our generation, like I got a 15 year old daughter. So she's going to be getting into that, into that new wave of thinking, like you just said about independent women. But I always, I always, Define what an independent woman is, and my wife does too. You're an independent woman when it comes to taking to yourself, taking care of yourself, until you find somebody who took care of you like I did. Once you find somebody that took care of you like I did, you know what I'm saying? Then that's when you are able to yield and allow him to y'all to be, you know, kind of balance each other out. And I think that's the key to what we have to do. Now, the trust part of it is it's going to have to be, the trust is going to have to be gained and maintained by those young men who are dating my daughter, our daughter. Because the trust from the older women have been lost, right? Because they have a, I forgive, but I don't forget mentality. And five years later, they'll bring up what you did 10 years ago. Right, and for me, that's right. still a trust issue. It's still a trust issue. So, do I think gaining uh, we're at a point of no return? No, it's just that my son is three years old, and I just pray to God that I'm here to help nurture two years as a young man, and to be truthful, and to allow God to order His steps, and and walk on purpose, and walk on what stand on what you say. Be a man of your word and, and handle what you say you're going to handle. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's all a part of gaining uh, back our women trust. He, he absolutely he, he absolutely hit nail on the head uh, for what I was going to say. I mean, just be a man of your word. Uh, I know that's hard. I ain't going to say it's hard. But when you're younger, you know, sometimes we think with the other head and not the one that's on our shoulders. But whenever you tell a woman – uh, if you're serious about it and you tell your intentions, stand on it. It's not going to be easy. You're going to be tempted. You know, you may have days where you like, well, then I make the right decision. Then I, whatever. But if you if you serious, stand on your word. That's how you that's how you win them back. We're, I don't think we're at a point of no return. 
But I think a lot of women are used to guys playing games. And then when you look up, he's telling you, let's say, for example, this guy might be telling you, yeah, baby, you don't want to talk to, da 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 And then, like, you come up and you got a child on the other side of town or you come up and you told this other girl the same thing and then now they meet each other because our world's big, but they ain't that, that big. They meet each other and you think that that don't affect either one of them women, even if they say that they okay with it. Like, yeah, that's an effect because now I don't trust anybody. And even if the next man that comes, he's, he absolutely is who he says he is. Now he has to not necessarily prove himself, but it's a longer process of saying, you know what? I trust this guy and I want to, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. I believe that this person is who they say they are. So like you said, just absolutely stand on your word, be a man of your word, whatever you say, stand on it. And if you don't mean it, don't right, say it. I agree with all that. You know, I will make this point too. Uh, I agree with both of you guys. I don't think we're at a point of no return. But um, I will tell you what damages our progress when you have men, you know, our age and older that refuse to work at it. Now, and it's, I'm talking about several different work edits. I'm talking about, hey, you understand that you haven't made the best financial decisions in your life and it's going to take you working maybe one or two jobs to keep your family in the position they need to be in. Instead of you just giving up and saying, I don't want to be the family man, you know, taking that, working that. Right. Also, too, working a job, period. Man, I have people in my generation that refuse to work, talking about some slave ship over ownership type stuff, man. I mean, look, you can't make kids and not want to take care of them. You know what I'm saying? Do you do you people don't understand the ramifications of them decisions and, and people see that. You know, when you have a woman that's working trying to take two kids because her husband refused to work, what does that do to us as a whole? Because everybody magnifies the bad. They never glorify the good. You get what I'm saying? So I don't think we had a point of no return, man, but we gotta we gotta quit causing our own setbacks, man. I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm very passionate right, about I, that, man. It's like, man. If right. you if you if you can't be where you want to be right now, hey, sometimes I tell people all the time, everybody can't be a Solomon. Some people got to be David. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that some people got to go out there and fight them bloody battles that they don't want to fight in order to make room for their kids. And you got to accept that. You know, if you know anything about it from a scriptural standpoint, David took over all those territories. And at the end, Solomon got to rule in peace. Everybody can't be Solomon. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? You got to go out there and fight them battles, whether it be corporate battles, whether that be financial battles, whether that be, you know, um, the battles against society saying that you are simp because you're doing X, Y, and Z, working two jobs, take care of your family. You got to fight those battles. But we get set back more than we actually move forward when people do that. So for every man that's trying to do right, for every guy that's refusing to work just because of their pride's sake and not take care of their families, man, that's like a that's like a 10, 12 year setback, man. So no, go ahead. What well, well throw this, throw this out here throw that out there too. Hey, this this episode for men, and I'm gonna give y'all women a quick gem. Real talk. I'm gonna give you the same gem that every corporate office got. If you look at that man's resume and he ain't at the job more than three months. I, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, he probably ain't going to be with you no more than three. 
That's just being real. Because if you can't hold a job down, be consistent with that job, what makes you think you're going to be consistent with anything else in life? Because that's your way of eating. A man that don't don't work, don't eat. Like, that's just what it is. And, I mean, point blank period. Don't just be a man that's talking, doing a lot of lip service, and ain't about that action. Because a lot of y'all, and y'all know who you are as men, y'all been saying that y'all going to start this uh construction company, this uh car washing service for the last 20 years, and you ain't even wrote it on paper to see if it even makes sense. But, yeah, and, and, and they, they ain't set a blueprint. You know how many guys I get want to come to me, want to have a consultation about starting a trucking company? And the first thing I tell them, ask them, I say, well, do you have a blueprint? I say, bro, you got to write the vision down before you even say you want to do it. And back to what Mario had said, you know, my pastor uh, preached that one our deacons that passed away, right? And he said, the scripture says that in my house, there are many mansions. And the deacon had been raised up three beautiful mansions in his house. So we got to raise our family up to be bigger than us, basically is what he said. Your kids got to be bigger than you. You know what I'm saying? Anybody, anybody you're mentoring has to be bigger than you because I had to understand what he meant by in my house, there are many mansions. We as men, we build safe and secure homes, houses, and the people within us are supposed to be bigger than us. So guess what? They're supposed to be mansion. And I got it. And I got it. That's that's strong right there. I got We're it. gonna drop a gem on that one. <laughs> I got it. I got it. So yeah, man. Booyah. That's that's what um that's I'm just piggybacking off what Mario said, bro. I I agree with that totally. And, and you know, um, the the biggest thing, man, is just. Like I said before, you know, it's it, it takes a long time to build something when it comes to building uh, businesses, building uh, complexes, building structures. Man, it's easy to take a wrecking ball and tear it down. So I say for every 10,000 men that are faithful to their wives, take care of their families, do what they're supposed to do, are honorable in, in real men's sight, that one example of somebody not working not want to support their family, get off their butt and do what they're supposed to do. It just tears that whole image down. And that, and that's the thing. If you don't get anything else from this podcast, right. as a black man, you trying to do what you're supposed to do, you're not fighting just for yourself. You fighting for people that come behind you. You fighting for somebody else to have a chance because you could be that one example to say, hey, man, this dude doing what he's supposed to do. Not all men are like that. Because here's the thing. When all you see is like that, you assume all is like that. You got to be some kind of example to break the mold. You to give people a chance, you know. So, man, let me you tell know. you something. Let me tell you something real quick on that, bro. It's somebody always watching you. I don't care what walk of life you come from. I don't care where you, where they think, where they pick, where they join in your life at. It's always a young man watching you because it was I was always watching somebody else. There you go. There you go. That's one of my um, favorite old school songs, Rockwell and Michael Jackson. I always feel like somebody watching me because they, they are. <laughs> they are. But uh, uh, last bullet point, man, before we get to our favorite part of the segment, how can we show and magnify the importance of our sisters 
letting us lead. And you brought a good word out earlier when you said simp. Because just as men look at other men as simps for doing it, women look at other women for being simp just for cooking, you know, taking care of the dishes, you know, being able to, you know, doctor on the kids, give bath, doing, doing just, I ain't going to say wifely duties, but compliment duties to a household. Cause I hate to put that, you know, uh, derogatory term on as far as wifely duties. Cause you know, that's another thing too. Everybody get that gender role thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why I say your individual understanding can't be compared to society. Mm -hmm. It's got to work for you. That's your, like your business on uh, James. Your business work for you and your wife. It ain't designed to work for nobody else. You may have a blueprint, but it may be some things that y'all do to customize and personalize that to make it work for y'all. Just the same as relationships. So going back to that bullet point, just I'm going to let you head it out. How can we show and magnify the importance of our sisters letting us lead? How can we make it cool to be beside us? And we ain't going to say behind us. Only, way, only reason we want our women behind us is if we taking fire. That's it. So let us have it, just. I think you just uh I think think you just have to, you know, be yourself. Be who you are. Don't don't really follow what the, the I guess you say the quote unquote norm is. You know, do what you feel is right. Um, me and my girl, we together, I, you know, she she gonna be taken care of. Like I don't really prescribe to, oh, if I do this, I'm simping. If I don't do that, then I you know, she gonna be validated. She gonna be protected. She gonna be, you know, she gonna be safe and secure. I'm gonna make sure, you know, before anything that, oh, you know, hey, are you all right? You know, if you need to, like uh, James said earlier, you know, if she got car problems, use mine. If if you need something, whatever you need, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Um, I don't really because I think if you get to the point where you start thinking, is this simping? Is this what I'm supposed to do? You turn it into a pop quiz. And therefore, it's got a it's you you put a, a lifespan on it that's probably gonna be shortened more times than not because you're not being authentic, and so then, you know, you just make it more than what it is. So I think you just have to, you know, you have to make make it make it known. You ain't gotta put everything you do out there, but you know, and you ain't gotta put it on social media. But you know, we all out. Don't be afraid to open your girl door. You know what yep. I'm saying? Don't be afraid. You know what I'm saying to to cater to her and be like, you know, hey, hey, baby, you all right? You you good? You know, like. Ain't nothing wrong with that, cause she gonna make sure you all right. And if you if you get that energy, trust me, she gonna be feminine. She gonna give it back, and and you know y'all be all right. So I think that's what that's my opinion on. I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Sometimes me and my wife argue so much. Sometimes I be so mad at my wife. You open your own though. I'm just being real. Hey, no, no. Nah. <laughs> hey, I'm being real. And my wife's so independent, and we move so fast that. That she'll walk to the car and open up. By the time I get there, she already, you know what I'm saying. And that's the part of life I think that that we as men we be looking at. Okay, she can get on though. Yeah, she can get on though. At this point, but at that point, she need us. We have to know how to compartmentalize when we need to leave and when we need to let her leave. And it goes back to that balance. It goes back to the balance. I let my wife leave when it comes to, hey, we need to get the kids this. We need to get the kids that. Uh, the house needs this. The house needs that. that I, right? I let her leave. 
But then when it comes down to major decisions, and I'm and I'm good with that. Fixing this, fixing that, doing this, doing this. That I know that if I can do it on my own because I'm self-sufficient, I'll do it. I'll go bottom. But, but let me tell you something. The biggest decision she had to allow me to make was, okay, we, we got flooded out when Hurricane Harvey hit, right? So at mm-hmm. that point, we had been in the house 89 days. Just built, brand new from the ground up. Harvey hit. Flood insurance don't kick in because it don't kick in until after 90 days, right? Oh, wow. So now we at a standstill. Man, how are we going to get this house fixed? We just came off money to go into closing and all of that kind of stuff. And my credit shot because, you know, I wanted to be the only one on there so that we could have some good credit. Because once you put a house on your credit, it's over with for about the next year. So the biggest decision she allowed me to make was, hey, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'll get the – the contract – we paid the contractor so much to get our walls in, right? But once we got our walls in, everything closed in, got the, got, got the walls painted and everything, she allowed me to say, hey, man, I'm going to do all the flooring. I'm going to do all of the flooring myself. That's like $15,000 worth of work. Wow. On my back. So what we did, was, what I did was, all the way up until the point we normally take a vacation for uh, for our anniversary in June, right? Yep. So when June came around, mm-hmm. I said, hey, listen, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy, uh, I'm going to buy, uh, I'm gonna buy all the supplies. I, I'm gonna buy all of the supplies. I'm gonna buy all of the flooring. Well, we gonna buy all the flooring because we did this shit together. And bro, I got down. I tiled my whole bottom level. Tiled the whole bottom level. Put the put the bathtub back in. Put the stand up shower back in. Put the toilet back. In. Put the crown molding back in, put everything back in the way it was. And she helped. See what I'm saying? She helped. And she said, Baby, yep. I don't care. I care how it looks, mm-hmm. but I know we're going to have some hiccups here and there. I know it's going to be some low and high places here and there. I know it's going to be a piece of tile higher than this piece of tile here and there. But, baby, we can do this. See what I'm saying? And 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 we rebuilt our whole bottom level. That's deep. That's deep right there. On our own, with and went by the supplies, and we saved ourselves almost twenty thousand dollars. Now, for me, that's a that that that's a that's an example of when a woman lets you lead, and she take your word on. Okay, we gonna get this done. So for our vacation, I started that Friday. Well, I had started doing a little bit, little bit, right? But by the time our vacation hit, all I needed to do was tile the bottom level of our house from the master bedroom to the front door, put the crowd molding down 
uh, at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the uh, floor and clean everything up. I did all of that in that week that we were supposed to go on vacation, and she helped. She helped. Wow. So that's 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 a moment for me when you say, okay, how important is how important is it for a, a woman to allow you to leave? And that was an important step for us because we we saved so much money and we got it done on the brow, you know, from the sweat by the sweat of our own brow. So that's my that's my example. Man, you know, the biggest thing is also so many women get left hanging from men that are bad leaders to where you have to have stories like that, James. You have to have stories like that, Justin, in order to show that I'm not on a suicide mission by letting the man lead me because I really believe in some cases women think that, man, I'm I'm not going to be what I need to be based on this woman or this man leading me. And I'll say this also, too. One thing we have to do as men to magnify the importance of letting um, sisters um, um, know that we can lead, we have to put them in a position to uh, flourish, which means that all women don't like going to work uh, doing nine to five. Women want to have other things. Women want to be entrepreneurs. What we have to do also is is put our women in a posi- uh, position to flourish. Our women have many talents. Man, they, they really do. Shout out to all women out there. You guys have many talents. I mean, you guys are late night nurses. You guys, you know, balance checkbooks. Y'all decorate homes. Y'all decorate, you know, you know, uh, outside facilities. I mean, just so many things that you guys do, and we 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 salute you. And what we have to do as men is put you guys in a position to flourish. Because that's one thing about a woman. When you when a, when we you know are great leaders and we lead our women the way we're supposed to, when they flourish, they feel so much better about life. And I don't know about you guys, but when you see a woman that's being led by a man, she's being taken care of. It's not about her being a um a house mom. It's not about her, you know, not working the nine to five convention. It's the fact that she's able to live. She's able to, you know, flourish. She's able to smile. And really that's the ultimate reward of a man who is leading like he's supposed to be, the followers. Anybody that you leading, if they're not flourishing, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So at the end of the day, we have to make that cool. It's on the men. Make it cool to take care of your wife to where they not need you for nothing. They really not want for nothing. And at the same time, they can tell they people can tell they being taken care of. They have they they genuinely happy. They not putting on the front. You know what I'm saying? Some people women put on the front, this, that, and the third. They not front. They really right. happy. So that's my two cents on that. But we gotta do that. Let let's shout out to all our women. That's letting us lead. And thank you for letting us lead because that, that gives us so much accountability. But at the same time, it puts the light pressure we need on us to make the right decisions. So it's about time to get that shit off your chest. Right. All right. So this is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> I like it. Well, <laughs> we let you get something off your chest, James. Anything you want to get off your chest, uh, it could be. I like Ford over Chevy. It can like be I like Detroit over Cummins. It don't matter. Tell us something that you want to get off your chest that's going to impact the people and help them move forward in their week after hearing this podcast. Man, let me get this out of my chest. 
thing, man. Don't let a troll control your life. Because I know we, we're in a world of metaverse. We're in a world of social media. We're in a world of advertising on the internet. You're going to have haters on every level. You're going to have haters that's going to come. Bro, I had to kind of I had to kind of understand that, hey, man, see, because I'm a Scorpio. I wear my feelings on my sleeve. And, and, and when somebody say something, bro, I be wanting to be at you. But I, I be I, I, I got to understand that with this podcast stuff, with, you know, being on YouTube and being, you know, putting yourself out there as well as with you guys. When you put yourself out there, bro, you got to understand that you're going to have trolls that's going to try to come through and make you focus on them, give you energy to stunt your growth. Don't let a troll stunt your growth. Step over him. Use him as a footstool, like God said. Use him as a footstool to get to your next level. And that's what I need to get off my chest. And it's out like that. I heard that. I heard that. Justin, man, what are your closing words of wisdom today? Man, I'll say um, go out, find a mentor, learn how to fight. Fight. You got to fight for your life. Fight for whatever you want in life. And um, if you really want it, you got to know how to go after it and go get it. It ain't going to come quick. It ain't going to come fast. But if as long as you're diligent, as long as you work, adapt and adjust and stay consistent, whatever you want, you can get it. Let me say something wrong before you close this out real quick. I meant to say this here. Hey, man, this is Exceeding Autism Month. Hey, man, make sure you guys you know, wear some blue mm-hmm. in uh, uh, awareness of autism. These kids are a gift. Uh, my friend, my let me tell you what my wife did. This is another, another example of her leading me. They set me up. They had a gala, gala the blue. I'm thinking I'm just going there supporting, right? They recognized me as a uh, exceeding heroism. Uh, award recipient for being the man God told me to be. Man, I saw that. Man, I um, I actually saw that on your Instagram, man. And um, we need to uh, make sure people know where to find you, how they can subscribe to that freight traffic podcast. But go ahead and finish. I did see that, man. Congratulations to you on that. Yeah, and I and, and I and I just want people to go to exceeding autism, man. It's a whole school. She got a school. Go support. Go like. Go like her page. Uh, whatever, whatever you need, because what I'm going to do is on my podcast, and my wife's going to set it up. I'm going to do an episode, a whole episode this month on truckers who have uh kid gifts. We call them gifts, gifted kids with autism. So we, I'm gonna try to get, we're gonna try to get that set up, get her, get on, let let her talk to the truckers who have kids. And, and they're dealing with uh, uh, gifted kids with autism and get some tips and pointers from her. Go to her website, and she got the school and everything, man. So so we're going to do that, man, and that's what I'm uh, I'm so appreciative of her for even recognizing. A lot of women don't even think about their men like that. My wife thought about me, and then her, for her friend to think of me like that. Hey, man, I was just in awe. She almost had me crying. Because at the end of the day, a lot of men don't get recognized like that. Man, like I said, congratulations to you again. What can they find you, man? The Freight Tra- uh, Trapping Podcast. What can they find you, James? Man, What's you can find us on. We can find us on Instagram at the Freight Trapping Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Robert's TLA. That's our academy. You can find us on YouTube at the Freight Trapping Podcast. 
uh on all those platforms man uh all of our all of our stuff is also on uh amazon spotify uh all our reba your matter of fact your broadcast is going to be uploaded this afternoon uh your broadcast that we did super mario uh with a uh, we transport is going to yes, be sir. uploaded this afternoon and so you can find us on all those platforms man and all the apparel and everything bro is on on all those platforms <laughs> all right all right and like i said in closing you have to build a garden in order for the flower to flourish. So we as head of households, as men, we're, res we're responsible for building that garden, giving our wives the opportunity to flourish. Because when they go out into the world, they represent what we do. If they're happy, if they have, you know, needs met, if they have some of their wants met, if they are taken care of, that actually shifts the narrative to say, hey, there are some good men out there taking care of their wives because that's what we need. In order to recorrect all the issues the black community has, it starts at the house. And that's the first thing we got to correct. So let's get the head correct. And where the head goes, the body will follow, as my old football coach will say. This is Super Real Grande, Justin Miller, and our special guest, James Roberts. This is the Quality Control Podcast. It's about that time. Quality time. This is the Quality Control Podcast. Let's go.